You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. At only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. As usual, stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up later in this episode. Sam and I are going to do a mock draft, get through the lottery, uh, so stay tuned to hear our picks. You are locked on the NBA draft. My name is Sam Ferris, and as my co-host Cody just hinted at, today we are going to do a mock draft of the lottery. So to start, Cody, we're going to go ahead and spin the tankathon to do the sim of the lottery for those who don't know how that works, Cody and I kind of have this up on our monitor in front of us right now, and we are about to click Sim Lottery. And so we will get, you know, a little simulation of the lottery and do our mock draft off of that. So, Cody, anything to add before we go ahead and spin the uh, spin the wheel here? No, I don't think so. Let's get into this. All right, here comes the Sim. Hopefully something weird and crazy happens, and it did. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Um, so let, should we start reading from the bottom? Let's start from 14. Yeah, we'll make it suspenseful. Yeah. So at 14, the Golden State Warriors will be picking with the last pick in the lottery. At 13, San Antonio Spurs. At 12, the Pelicans move down a spot. At 11, the Washington Wizards move down one spot. At 10, Toronto Raptors move down two spots. At nine, Orlando Magic moved down two spots. Picking at number eight is the Oklahoma City Thunder, who moved down three spots. At seven, another pick for the Orlando Magic. They moved down three spots. And, Cody, I'll let you read off the top six here, but there is a lot of movement, as you can probably tell. A couple teams really jumped up into the top of the water. All these teams are dropping because a few of them rose very high. So at six is the Warriors pick from Minnesota, which dropped three spots. At five is the Thunder pick from the Rockets, which dropped four spots. And then at number four, rising up five spots is the Sacramento Kings. Number three, you got the Cavaliers. They went up three spots. I know some fans that would be happy to hear that. And at number two, the Indiana Pacers move up ten spots. So this was to, this was my shocker of the initial reaction when you yeah. see the plus 10 and they shoot all the way up the board. So that will make it exciting right off the bat. Yeah. Uh, and then, Cody, who's at number one? And then number one is the Detroit Pistons who moved up a single spot. And that would be an interesting pairing because I, I think we know who's going to go number one here. We do. And, you know, you and I both liked Killian Hayes. He's had injuries but looked very promising since. But um, both Sadiq Bey and Isaiah Stewart have looked better than we anticipated, I would say. And so for them to potentially get the number one spot would add even more intrigue to a promising young core that they're starting to build together. I like the pieces they have, but they need kind of that cornerstone. Uh, so let's start there, Cody. Do you want to go first? Obviously, we'll rotate picks or or do you want me to? Uh, you can go ahead. So this one is obvious. He is the number one player on both of our boards. That is Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State coming off a fantastic season. Averaged over 20 points, six rebounds, three and a half assists. 
And Cody, I think he fits that description of the cornerstone, you know, of that core of that franchise that they can build around. I like the supporting pieces that they're putting together, but they certainly could use a centerpiece like a Cade Cunningham. Yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. I would take Cade Cunningham in this situation, but I really don't blame people who want to think outside the box. Um, Again, Cade Cunningham is the number one player on my board, but we get the draft wrong all the time. There are so many instances where the number one uh, guy that year was a no-doubter, but someone else underneath them ends up having a better career. So again, if anyone else wanted to go different here, like if they really believe in Jalen Green, it wouldn't bother me. Uh, but I would go with with Cade personally as well. So obviously we're going to try to get through 14 picks here in 30 minutes, so we don't have time to go into each one. But just high level to fit here, I would love him sharing ball handling duties with Killian Hayes. They got Isaiah Stewart at center and then Sadiq Bey to kind of space the floor around them. I'd be interested to see how they kind of filled out the rest of the roster, but certainly a nice uh, young core to build around. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great start for Detroit. All right, let's go into the second pick now. And that is the Indiana Pacers, which I hadn't really thought about them in this spot, uh, to be honest. So we know that they got uh, Brogdon and Sabonis, Miles Turner. He's always in the trade rumors. Uh, They added Levert. For me, I'm going to go best player available here. And number two on my board is Jalen Green. Uh, he's hyper athletic, 6'6. Um, he really is in the G League this year, showed some footwork that he's going to be an advanced shot creator. He's so quick, he's going to be able to get that shot off. And if he knocks it down with any consistency from three mid range, uh, he's great at getting to the rack already. I think he is a very promising NBA player with his physical tools and uh, just his projection with those skills. So I would, I would just go best player available. I think Jalen Green could slide in and uh, step in for the Pacers. Yeah, very intriguing, obviously, to see the Pacers here. Not a situation we had really considered, but that is kind of the fun and the excitement of doing this exercise. Um, to your point, you could argue that there's a little overlap with Karis Levert, but Cody, I don't think we care about that really at all at this point in the draft. Levert's not a guy that you really build around for the future, and I think Jalen Green can be that guy. You and I always talk about, especially in the lottery, just don't worry about who else is on your roster. Go best player available. I think both of us would agree, and I think both of us do have Jalen Green second, and I also think he has the second highest ceiling behind Cade in this draft. Can add that scoring punch, elite athleticism, and just has unique scoring tools already in his bag where can He can create shots both with his athleticism and with very good footwork and just that natural scoring instinct that he has. So I love the I love the upside of him as a scoring guard that I do view as certainly a potential future all star in the NBA. Yeah, absolutely. And the other argument I could take here is if the Pacers did get the second pick, they could really explore those Miles Turner uh, trades even more and maybe go with Evan Mobley here. Uh, But for me, I'm taking Jalen Green. All right. So now I am up at number three with the Cleveland Cavaliers. They also moved up three spots. So Cavs fans would certainly be happy with this result. 
Uh, so this one is a bit tough for me. Um, Cody, we both have Cade number one, and then I think we both have a three-person tier of Suggs, Mobley, and Jalen Green. I think we both lean Jalen Green at the top of that group. And then I think we differ slightly where I'm maybe slightly higher on Suggs and you're maybe slightly higher on Mobley, but same tier, pretty similar. So I am going to stick to best player available for me. I know a lot of player, a lot of people would go Evan Mobley here, but I'm going to stick to my BPA model of just going best player available. And that is Jalen Suggs here at three. They do have, you know, guards already in Garland and Sexland. Sexland, uh, Colin Sexton. Um, I'm assuming Cody, you probably would have gone would have gone Mobley here. I mean, there would be a little bit of duplication with uh, with Jared Allen too. So either way, it's kind of a tough pick there in terms of the best fit. Yeah. So here's my argument for Suggs though. I really like Colin Sexton. He's a guy that kind of gets some rave reviews, and then there's a group of people that really don't like him. Uh, he's been a really efficient scorer from a young age so far in his career, but the knock on him is just more of the the feel when it comes to team basketball, which I think he's gotten better at. There is a world where Suggs knocks down that off-the-dribble three and becomes, like Colin Sexton, a combo guard, but is a lot better a creator, more in tune with what the team's doing, and... Uh, even a better defender. So I could see the argument for Suggs there and then maybe exploring trade value uh, for Sexton potentially. Yeah, you bring up a great point, And this is part of the reason I like Suggs a lot is I do think there is star upside in terms of the off the dribble jumper. Like you talked about, the athleticism is good. You know, the instincts, you could see him hitting a pretty high end ceiling, but even if he doesn't, like you just talk about his median outcomes, I think he's a guy that can fit in next to almost any other guard. Uh, we we don't like comparisons, but one I think we both like, and I just like to keep bringing this up because I've seen other people use it uh, after we came up with it, is the Drew Holiday comp, you know, where say he's like 95% of Drew Holiday. It's just a guy that's easy to plug into a guy like either Garland or Sexton where he can guard the other team's better guard. He can facilitate. He's got a little better feel than a Sexton, perhaps. So I, I do like the fit there, and I think Cavs fans would be thrilled with either Mobley or Suggs. But for this exercise, I'll go with Suggs. He'll come off the board. And Cody, you're up at number four with the Sacramento Kings. Well, I got I got one question for you here. So mm -hmm. the Cavs have Jared Allen, who we both love. They have the backcourt there. They added a Coro. Do you think that adding maybe a large 6'8 wing that could really hit as a dominant two-way player like Tatum or Kawhi being that next-level star, do you think any of the guys like uh, Kaminga or Jalen Johnson, Scotty Barnes, even have like a remote chance of filling that role? Because that's kind of their, their roster need, I would say. Yeah, but I just think you stick to best player available – I mean, you go back and look at how drafts pan out, Cody, and we talk often about how, you know, there's 20 guys that end up making it in the NBA, but in every draft, there's, you know, between one, three, one and three all-stars, uh, and then it drops off to solid starters and then to role players. But my point here is, 
you should not draft a player that you have a lesser grade on just because they're a better positional fit when in reality all you're doing is probably drafting a player that just has a lot worse of an outcome and a lot lesser of a ceiling yeah. it's just not it's just not worth it um so well, in my opinion you always take the better player with the higher ceiling in your opinion right and so my question for you basically was do you- do you think any of those players like Kaminga, Barnes, or Johnson get even anywhere close to that that ceiling of being a dominant, you know, two way, six eight wing? Like the answer for me is no. Like yeah, the answer. Close. The answer so, for me is definitely no. Also, yeah, to your yeah. question. I mean, certainly, I never like to put a ceiling on these guys. That's why when we talk about, you know. Uh, realistic ceiling, I say, you know, their 90 percentile outcome is this, because to me, every player's, you know, top high-end ceiling outcome is to be a Hall of Famer. We just don't know how good these guys can be. There's always guys that just way blow our expectations out of the water, so I don't put a cap on these guys. Uh, I'm lower on Kaminga. I think I'd have him closer to 10 than to 5 on my board. I don't love the feel, and I don't buy the jumper ever coming around. And he's just not a guy that I really want to give too much usage to as like my main guy. And so if he's not my main guy, how does he really fit in? Uh, that's kind of my issue with him. Um, we don't have time to get into all these guys, but no, I, to answer your question, I don't view any of them as like a high end, you know, two way guy. In fact, I still prefer Devin Vassell to all of these guys, you know, just to call back to, to last year's draft. Yeah, absolutely for me too. But you know how high I am on him yeah. and his future. But yeah, agreed. Suggs is the pick there. It might be a little redundant right now, but best player available. And I think he can give you some stuff uh, down the road that maybe Colin Sexton can't. So I'm going to get to the fourth pick for the Kings after this break. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? Locked On has partnered with Michelob Ultra to bring you the Ultra Player of the Week. Because we're a draft podcast, our player of the week is going to be a top rookie from the NBA. And Michelob believes joy creates success. And this week's winner is Aaron Neesmith of the Boston Celtics. Sam and I both loved Neesmith last year uh, coming into the draft. He's 6'6", wing, great length, great athleticism, and he can light it up from three. Well, he's starting to get some more run with the Celtics. Uh, this past week, he had games of 15, 16, and 16 points, shooting well over 50% from the field and from three. Uh, and he's also getting after it defensively. Sam posted some uh, video clips of his defense from this past week. Uh, Michelob has some of their own stats. And with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories per bottle, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. And our ultra player of the week is Aaron Neesmith of the Boston Celtics. All righty. So we are at the Kings pick, which is the fourth pick in our simulated tankathon uh, lottery. And they moved up five spots here. And I'm going best player available. And I think it would be a good fit for them. And that is Evan Mobley. I was never a believer in Marvin Bagley uh, back when he came out. I really like Rashawn Holmes, but. He's going to get a contract uh, somewhere, and uh, he's not necessarily your long-term option. I think this is a no-brainer to go with Mobley here at four. Yeah, I think this pick at number four is the biggest no-brainer in the draft, even more of a no-brainer than Cade Cunningham going number one. If Mobley drops to four, which I think is fair, that's where I have him here, 
But there's such a big divide between four and five, at least for me, that in my opinion, the Kings are going to be sprinting and diving to the commissioner. You know, that'll be that will be a quick one. Evan Mobley, absolutely nothing to even think about there at four. Uh, and I think he'd fit in awesome, you know, wherever, but he'd be awesome for the Kings there. They do kind of need a, a big like that. And of course, anybody can use a potential all NBA big like Evan Mobley. Absolutely. All right, Sam, get into number five. I'm curious where you go with this. Yeah, so this is the this is the first difficult pick on the board. At number five, the Oklahoma City Thunder. For me, it's coming down to two guys, Cody. The two guys that I would debate between here would be Moses Moody and Josh Giddy. And the interesting thing here is you're going completely different directions where you're going kind of upside ball handler creator with Josh Giddy, or you're going a little bit safer with a hand and glove fit in the modern NBA, a three and D guy that can kind of fit around what they have right now. And, you know, I'm going a little bit against, you know, my best player available thing here because I think they do have guys already that can create in SGA, even Poku some, I think is going to get there guy that I obviously loved in the last class. So I don't as much love the Giddy fit there. I know this is kind of against what I was saying to do, but I am going to go Moses Moody. And Cody, even though I talked about him being safe, something that, you know, I've learned evaluating and looking back on past drafts, and I know we've talked about is I'd be hesitant drafting any guy that you say is like the safest player in the class, because oftentimes when we say safe, and we say a guy has a high floor, that's basically just the equivalent of saying he has a low ceiling. But I don't think that's the case with Moses Moody. I think he's got size and he can really shoot, which is so valuable in the modern NBA. And I think he does have some of what we see in Devin Vassell with that off-the-bounce shot creation. Um, So I do see him as a little bit higher floor, but I don't think that that means he has a lower ceiling. So at number five, This is a big drop-off from Evan Mobley, but I I like Moses Moody there at five for the Thunder. Yeah, I like the pick. I'm all about finding those Kawhi Leonards. Um, I mean, as we know, Kawhi went middle first round. Klay Thompson went a little bit later. Uh, I'm all about finding those guys that, you know, not all these wings can be Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan athleticism. Uh, So finding that guy that's a good enough athlete, but has a skill and could maybe turn into, you know, a type of uh, just game changing two way player, I always think is an awesome route to go. Yeah, exactly. And that's kind of another philosophy that I think we both share is, you know, we know the guys that are supposed to go to the top of the class, the top four for us is really good and very distinct from the guys after that. There's a big divide. So I think you and I tend to think that. You know, if you look at the great creators, the great primaries, the great superstars in the NBA, you know, by and large, for the most part, you kind of knew who those guys were coming into the draft. Those are the guys that go at the very top. After that, when those guys are gone, you and I, Cody, we like to bet on these potential two-way wings that can really affect winning, that are going to help you win at a high level, even if they don't hit their highest end outcome. Think like a Macal Bridges type. But if they do, then they become very, very, very valuable. 
Yeah, and we both love McCall, and he is on a tear as of late, and he's only going to get better and better. So that's a great pick there for the Thunder at five in my mind. Uh, We'll move on to the sixth pick of the draft, and that's the Warriors pick they receive from Minnesota. And I actually had the same two guys in mind for 5-6. And so this is a little off the wall, would be a very big hot take for some, but if the Warriors didn't trade this pick to try and really get some win now, guys, uh, for Steph, then I like Josh Giddy here. Uh, They desperately need other guys that can create offensively. Uh, If Clay Thompson is back, that's going to bolster the shooting, obviously. Giddy, the three-point shot, is going to be a work in progress, but he's been shooting it well lately. It's something I hope he can do uh, at an average rate, but he's got the size and the playmaking and the smarts. I think he would just be a great fit for them, and I think he's smart enough to, to start playing from day one. I'm sure he'd have some growing pains, but... Uh, again, this is a guy that's playing in a league uh, that's that's a lot tougher. We saw LaMelo struggle percentages efficiency-wise there. Um, they come to the NBA. There's a lot of uh, space out on the floor. Uh, the defense isn't as physical. Uh, it's an offensive-driven league. I think Giddy would be a good pickup for the Warriors. Yeah, I agree. As the Golden State Warriors fan, uh, I would like that. And it's interesting. I think the other guy that I would have considered there would be Franz Wagner, uh, just in terms of a guy that can come in, fit in, is a very smart, high IQ player. Just seems like a Warriors type. But yeah, I like your point because a lot of people, you know, they might think with Steph and Clay, obviously Clay's not playing this year, that the offense is is fine. But I think they rank 24th in the NBA in offense this year, and they really don't have anybody else that can dribble, pass, and shoot, and just create offense outside of Steph. And that's been a huge issue throughout the whole kind of Kerr era. So I I like that pick. Um, But, okay, let's move now to the next pick. Orlando Magic, I'm up at number seven. Uh, I like their young core a lot, too, at least what we've seen so far. I've been an RJ Hampton guy. And it's exciting for them, too. At least with this outcome, they have the number seven and number nine picks. Um, So with Giddy off the board, I am going to move to the next guy on my board, who I just mentioned, that is Franz Wagner going number seven to the Magic. Uh, How would you grade that pick, Cody? Uh, I like Franz. Uh, He's one of those guys that I would say – the individual ceiling of him becoming like in really individual uh, superstar talent isn't great, but I, I do I do think his floor is really high. Uh, he's a lot better defensively than people think. Uh, great size. He struggled shooting for being considered like a good shooter, but I think that's going to come around in the NBA. So I I don't mind the pick at all. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy that just makes his teammates better, both offensively and defensively. He's good on the ball defensively, but just a very good team defender, a guy that moves the ball, can shoot. You know, we talked about comparing him a little in Halliburton to Halliburton in a previous pod, just in terms of their roles. And I think that type of connector piece that just makes everyone around him better is something that the Magic could really use. So that's where they will go at seven. 
And then, Cody, you are back up again at eight, and it's another team with another pick, and that is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Yeah, I would go probably some different ways here. I could go a number of different ways, but for the sake of this mock at number eight, I think I'm going to go with Kaminga. I'm not as high on him um, as the consensus per se, uh, but he's still only 18 years old, 6'8", great size. Uh, His percentages were awful in the G League, but he's got some raw, undeniable talent there. And I think for the Thunder, just in their rebuild right now with all the picks and the really, really young guys, I think you stash Kaminga in there too and you give him reps and you give him run. And uh, I think I think they go Kaminga there at eight. I think that most people would consider Kaminga at eight to be a crazy good value too. So I think so too. And for your reasoning there, obviously you and I are both a bit lower. I think I said I have him around 10. So closer to to 10 then to five for sure. Do you still like his ceiling there or kind of what is the, what was your main reason in, in picking him there? So I see him more as a PJ Washington or a Bridges player from Charlotte. Uh, I don't see him turning into really an offensive force, but I do like his jump shot mechanics. He did, again, he shot poor percentages, but I think he can develop that jump shot over the next few years and then be a big athletic defender if he buys in on that end. But I don't see him really taking off. I see him more as a really good role player like the P.J. Washingtons. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, I'm up again at number nine with the Orlando Magic. So another team that already had a pick a couple spots before. And I think here is where some of the international run starts. I guess we did have Giddy already, but I've been on record, Cody, stating that I think this international class is underrated. Uh, I have multiple guys, three in fact, in the lottery Uh, you know, at least on my board. So I do think it's undervalued. I like some of the plays here. This might be a stretch to some, but he's a guy that I've liked for a while. He started to catch more people's eyes by playing very, very well. And that is Usman Garuba at number nine. You know, you might argue not the highest ceiling here, um, but I think he's a guy that has been so good at such a young age for Real Madrid that it's just hard to ignore his impact playing for such a good team, you know, arguably one of the best teams in the world outside the NBA and being able to impact winning already at that age for that team. Very good defender. Uh, I think he can play the five, but he can guard multiple positions. And that just makes sense for a magic team that has, you know, the makings of some good offensive players. And then I think if you, paired him with Jonathan Isaac defensively, that would be really fantastic. Yeah, I love the pick there. Love Garuba. I think he's going to be just a workhorse in the NBA. Again, a really young guy too. All right, well, let's uh, take a break. After the break, we're going to continue the mock draft and it'll be the 10th pick with the Toronto Raptors. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar of all time. I've talked about it before, but I'm not a big fan of protein bars. Uh, I just usually don't like the taste in general. But to me, Built Bar is different. Number one thing is they're all 100% covered in chocolate, which I love. 
but they've also got a ton of flavors. I think it's 18 in total, including, you know, caramel brownie is really good. Cookies and cream, cherry barcia, almond, apple almond crisp. So they've got the taste. And on top of that, they are built for healthy people and health conscious guys like Cody and I. Uh, so just another reason to uh, get some built bars. And because you're listening to us, you do get a promo code. So go to builtbar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you will get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to get all your sports betting action. Baseball is in full swing now. We got the NBA and the NHL still going. Uh, Bet online has all your top news, odds, info uh, for UFC and MMA as well. Uh, you can either bet on the Kentucky Derby, and as it's the first leg of the Triple Crown, it's beginning this weekend. So head to Bet Online, uh, use promo code Locked On, let them know you came from us, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, now we got the 10th overall pick, Toronto Raptors. And I'm going to go with the 6'9 forward out of Florida State, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes really struggles to shoot, but he is a great, heady team basketball player. He's got great creation skills. Sam, I know you've highlighted some of his creation in previous episodes uh he's a young guy and i think the raptors like some of those players that they have it mentally that jump shot just has to develop and uh scotty barnes has the physical tools and he's got it between the ears in my opinion so i go with scotty barnes here to me the worry with him is what exactly he's gonna do in the half court offensively but to your point cody i don't think the raptors care at this point in the draft i think Getting Scotty Barnes at 10 is good value, and I think they would view him almost as like a ball of clay where they can kind of mold him into the player that they want. He's a guy with very good physical tools. He's got good feel, good IQ. He's played for good teams both in high school and college, and he can certainly defend. So I think they kind of take him and they can kind of mold him into whatever player they want, whether that be more of a small small ball big or more of like a bigger wing. Um, I think a lot of different options and different pathways his development can go. So I like that pick there. Um, I'll go now at number 11 for the Washington Wizards. This is one of the easier picks for me in a while, a guy that we both like, but the last couple, you know, the last couple teams to select this, just didn't make sense for him, but I'm going to go with Sharif Cooper here at number 11. This is one of my guys. He's one of my guys in the draft, and I think this is higher than some people would have him, but in terms of gambling on a potential creator, he is certainly, after Giddy, uh, he's that guy for me where I could see him hitting a primary level creator outcome and just be able to lead a good offense in the NBA. And anytime you can find that, that is very valuable. If you're getting a shot at that at 11, you know, I think you got to take it. 
He's kind of just like Giddy. He's just got that special instinct on the ball, operating pick and roll, uh, finding guys both, you know, at a standstill, but certainly as a live dribble passer, very, very, very good. It's just the size that's the question, Cody, and I'm I'm ready to gamble at that at, at number 11. Yeah, I like the pick. Love Cooper. I think in the NBA now, the smaller guys have it, you know, easier than ever offensively. And yeah, he just has that amazing ability to create. And I think he'll be able to do that at the next level. All right. So I am now at pick number 12 for the New Orleans Pelicans. This one's a little interesting to me. They got such a Good young core on paper. It just hasn't led to a winning record yet. Obviously, Zion's the focal piece. There's always the Lonzo Ball rumors. Um, so we'll see how long he's there. Uh, I'm not too sure they're they're sold on him. Uh, and then Brandon Ingram, he's having a good shooting year. Uh, it just hasn't clicked for them. I'm actually going to reach for someone a little bit here. And I'm going to take Kai Jones for them. I love Kai Jones. Uh, he seems to be a draft Twitter darling uh, because of his rare skill set and rare movement skills. He's 6'11", uh, plays like a perimeter player as far as his feet. Uh, he can slide defensively, uh, just great movement skills. And he's shown a nice uh, form and nice little three-point jump shot, uh, which, you know, that's kind of the dream right now for your bigs is to be able to guard the perimeter effectively and then stretch the floor on the other end. And you don't need anything else from them if they can do those two things and uh, play tough interior defense and rebound. Uh, Kai Jones, really good athlete. I know they have Jackson Hayes. Uh, he's still so young and they really like him. I know he's stepping out and shooting a little bit more threes now, but it's, it's still like next to nothing. And I don't, I don't think he is going to become really good in that area. Uh, so I like Kai Jones fit uh, next to Zion a lot better. Uh, so I'll go with Jones there at 12. Yeah. I don't think that's really too much of a reach. And like you said, when you're thinking about the new Orleans Pelicans, you just have to think about how you can build around Zion because number one, he's obviously very special but he's also unique, and it's also there are some challenges to building around him. Uh, you got to find guys that can shoot and guys that can defend and protect the rim. And so, you know, at least theoretically, Kai Jones makes sense there, where he can play on the perimeter, give Zion some space, and he does provide some rim protection. I don't really think of him as like, you know, my five defensively protecting the rim, but you never know. That's certainly an outcome that he could hit. So, I mean, I think that's certainly solid value there at, at number 12. Yeah, and like, can't overstate this. He would be a project, major project, and it would take some time. He had low minutes at Texas. Uh, it's strictly, you know, his potential and the flashes that he's had. All right, so at number 13 for the San Antonio Spurs, um, I'm going to take an upside gamble here because – I like the foundation that the Spurs have, but we've said it for a while. They need to gamble on upside. Uh, I still prefer Devin Vassell, like we just said uh, earlier in this podcast. So I like his upside still hitting that two-way creator. But I'm going to gamble on another one of those guys. 
Zaire Williams had a really rough season, uh, but he's got the ability to create separation off the bounce. He's a big wing who can really shoot it. And, you know, he struggled in his lone season at Stanford, but it, it's tough to really evaluate because with COVID, especially Stanford, they couldn't play at home, you know, for most of the season. I think he had some family issues going on as well. So I do give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, he's not a top seven, eight guy for me just because of the question marks around, especially his size and physicality is pretty limiting at this point in time. But the size plus the shot creation, I'm just going to take a gamble on it there at 13 with the Spurs. I like it. All right. To close out the lottery, we have at 14, the Warriors again, according to our simulation here. Uh, For them, you know, I think it's trying to find a guy that can be a plug and play his first year, which is really tough. Uh, to do in the NBA, a team that wants to be competing for that championship with Steph and Clay next year. Uh, This might be a little earlier than some people would take him for sure, but I'm going to go with uh, Chris Duarte here. Uh, He is a 6'6 wing that is a solid defender. He's already 24 years old or going to be 24 years old, uh, which is the big knock on him. That's extremely old for a rookie, but He's going to defend and he's going to shoot. And uh, I think he's going to do it well at the next level. And I think he, of you know, of most, a lot of these prospects at this, this point in the draft, I think he's one of the guys that can potentially step in and help and contribute early, you know, in his rookie season. So I'm going to go Duarte there. So the Warriors ended up with Josh Giddy and Chris Duarte. So, You know, this is where our theory and kind of thoughts on the draft diverge a little. I I do like Chris Duarte a lot, but that would have been and I I think he can be a solid, you know, fit there. He can certainly come in and help right away. Just I, I don't think his ceiling is very high, especially with his age. So I view him more as kind of a later first round pick. Um just the track record of guys that old being drafted in the lottery isn't great, but You know, if your thought process is we took kind of our gamble at number six at 14. Now let's get a guy who can come in and help us win right away. That, yeah, that certainly makes sense to me. It's just a little bit higher than I would have thought. But, you know, we've discussed this already, Cody. We don't need to rehash the argument. I I like the fit and I like the pick. Just a couple picks higher than I would have gone. But certainly makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we do differ here a little bit. Like I think of guys like Brogdon, second round pick, probably dropped because he was 24 years old, his rookie season, where, you know, there's guys like Wade Baldwin who were younger taken in front of him. And to me, it's kind of an individual thing. Uh, Maybe if for the most part it doesn't work out, but if there is a guy, that specific individual that you think will work, then then go for it. But that concludes... uh, the lottery there with the the 14 picks it's considered the lottery still with the plan right up to 14 yeah uh yeah i think it's i think they're still doing that the same way um let's finish cody by giving like our next few kind of best players available and i'll start here i think the biggest surprise to me is that keon johnson didn't get Mm. picked 
He's a guy that has dropped for me, though, where he's kind of in this range now. Uh, just the reason being is because I think, you know, when I look at him as a projection, you know, in the NBA in terms of his fit, I view most of his value coming on the defensive side of the ball. But I just I don't think he's big enough to provide enough value there where I don't know if he can really guard most wings. I mean, he's six five. And this is kind of the issue I've had where I loved and you liked him too, Isaac Okoro last year. I still like him, but now you see him in the NBA and I've talked about this before, but just the value of positional size, especially on the wing and especially projecting defensive value. I mean, I was watching Isaac Okoro guard Jimmy Butler yesterday and he looked, you know, materially smaller. Like Okoro looks like he's 6'4 out there and Keon Johnson's smaller than that, and so that's the reason why I've dropped him a bit, and plus the jump shot is a bit of a concern too, so that's why I have him more middle of the first instead of, you know, top of the lottery. Uh, who are a couple of guys that stand out to you as kind of the next best players available? Uh, I like Alperin. Is it Sangoon or Sanguin? Shangun, I think. Shangun? I'm not, okay. not great at pronouncing Turkish names, but he is yeah. fascinating to me as well. Yeah, he's a young kid that is putting up like 24 and 11 per 36 in the Turkish league, which is pretty good for that age. And he is active. The three-point shot isn't there. I'm not sure how that will improve, but uh, he he's an active, athletic young guy that I think just his energy, he's smart too. He's good passer. Um, I, I really like him. Yeah. We're going to have to do a, an episode where we certainly go into depth on him because, you know, some people might not think he's that athletic and he's not like an athletic freak, but he just has that, that basketball athleticism that kind of pops off the screen to me as well. Where, you know, if you're initially taking notes and you're watching him just in an open gym, that might not stand out to you. But the athleticism is functional. Even more than that, though, just the functional size and length. He looks pretty big out there, too. He's got a ton of skill. So it'll be a fascinating evaluation, kind of contrasting how good he is already at a young age, his skill level. But the fit of you know, just being a big in the modern NBA if you're not a versatile defender. So very interesting. And we'll have to dig into more depth on that on a future episode. So just a couple more for me. The next three guys would have been Rocco Perkassen, who is a lottery guy to me, but just didn't end up picking him. And then Isaiah Jackson and then Jalen Johnson would be the next next two guys for me. Yeah, Jalen Johnson, I'm not a huge fan of, but the size and, and the movement there, obviously, he's going to be a mid-first rounder. Uh, I do like Davian Mitchell. Maybe not as much as you know some people <laughs> had him rise up their boards after the tournament. But if that three-point shot is for real, uh, he's a guy that I, I said this in a previous episode. Like His perimeter defense, to me, is just like generational. Uh, so I really like him. Uh, I do like Jared Butler, his teammate. Uh, I think we're both Josh Christopher fans to some extent. And another guy I really like is Trey Mann as well. So. Yeah, so just to put you on the spot real quick, who would you would you prefer Trey Mann uh, over Josh Christopher? I view kind of both of them as a little bit more of upside swings as potential you know offensive weapons at the guard spot. 
I don't think either of them are going to be primary guys, but guys that can share the load offensively and, and fill it up a bit. Uh, which of the, those guys do you think you would gamble on like higher in the draft? I mean, Christopher is, I don't know. He's listed at 215. He's he's a lot heavier than man, but to me, man Better is just so much, much more skilled. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But man is just so much more skilled and has really shown just some shot making ability, a much more efficient. And Christopher maybe could get there, but uh, I just really like man's skill level. And I think those guys that are that talented offensively and off the dribble, I think just it's the NBA is just tailor made for them now. So yeah, he might not be, you know, a crazy good starter, but I think man at least has a career as like a scoring guy off the bench. Yeah, for sure. Well, as you can tell, we've got certainly more guys that we're going to dive into and evaluate and explore in future episodes. It's hard for me to stop talking because I love discussing this stuff with Cody. Um, but follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast wherever you get your podcast and follow us at Draft Dummies on Twitter. I'm always happy to engage and I'm always posting clips and posting statistics um, so thank you listeners for tuning in. Uh, Cody, anything else before we sign off here? Uh, we'll just mention here to uh, check out Locked On Today. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.